Welcome to San Diego News Fix, The Backstory. I'm Luis Cruz. Every week we give you a behind the scenes look at our industry and what's happening in our newsroom. This week we're giving you an insight into one of the biggest events we put on each year. This weekend we held our sixth annual San Diego Union Tribune Festival of Books at the University of San Diego. Joining us today to discuss why this festival is so important to our community and the book industry is Allison Reed, one of the owners of Diesel, a bookstore. Managing Editor Laura Sacalo, and we begin with Editor and Publisher Jeff Light. Jeff? Okay, thank you very much, Luis. Uh, this is one of my, my very favorite times of the year, the San Diego Union Tribune Festival of Books. And the reason is that it's a big gathering of the community of readers. And to me, uh, readers are... Are, are some of the most important people in, uh, in our community because I regard readers and writers uh, uh, broadly as uh, thoughtful people who are interested in learning and in understanding um, and uh, sort of the people in my mind, just to, to get way out on a limb that you would want to have in charge of things, right? The people who want to become informed, the people who want to uh, invest time in seeing the world beyond their narrow experiences through the eyes of others. Um, and people who are, are, are sort of wired to have the patience and the, uh, uh, the aptitude for the act of reading. Those, these are people I really admire, right? So, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen recently uh, a, a study that said something like, maybe only a quarter of Americans had read a book uh, uh, in, the, in the last year. Uh, the, the, the numbers are sort of all over the place on that. So you see some higher numbers too, but that was very disturbing to me. And I, I, I have um, a, uh, a, a, I guess, a worry that the the uh, the rise of the non-reading class is uh, something that uh, I feel concerned about in our community and our in in our country. So when I go to the book festival and see all these ardent readers and the energy you get, you get. From having them all together, it's uh, it's really inspiring. So um, so that's why it's my favorite time of year. Let me let me see if I can't see what Allison might think. Now you've had an, a uh, a uh, a career in books and uh, you know running an independent bookstore. Um, I'm just wondering your thoughts. First of all, just in this general area, Allison, about why. Books and reading are important to a community. Well, I think I agree with you. I think that literacy is so important to society. Uh, the idea that people can passively, in a way, and in a solitary way, take mm -hmm. on information. Um, we are always being fed so much, you know, whether it's Facebook, media, whatever. Things are being put in our face, but here... Readers take the time to select, what will I learn about now? What will I read about now? I'm sure it alters your brain patterns. And I think it does make for a nicer person. I can say that <laughs> our customers, readers, 
we are so lucky. You know, you hear horror stories of retail or restaurants, but we don't get that because, as I say, we've all, our readership has already pre-sorted people that are coming in the bookstore. Um, I know the fear of literacy dropping, that people becoming non-readers is real and is important. But every day we get to see new readers coming in, children being excited. And that's part of the festival. Uh, the joy of the festival, you talked about the energy of it, but the joy is, you know, for booksellers, we are building community probably every day, we hope, in our bookstores. But now we do this in a completely shared experience. And there's nothing so exciting as to watch children running to see an author. I mean, these are the people that wrote the words that have excited them. There's something just energizing completely about that. It keeps you going for months after the festival, just the energy that you've picked up from this. And as I say, these people that are used to being in a solitary environment coming out, you know, it's like going to the Padres, you know, now our tribe is all together and we're having the best <laughs> time. Where's the popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we will have popcorn. Um, now, uh, uh, we were talking just before we, uh, we we came on air here, and you were pointing out to me that in some ways the uh, the decline in the book industry has has been way over overstated, and I think I have seen uh, data that says uh, book sales are up, library usage is up. So, sort of this narrative of of uh, the decline in reading, I might not be correct about that. What, what do you see in the industry? Well, I always think people like to go towards the negative as far as reporting news. You know, you never hear about people, a lot of people until they die and then we hear everything about them. Um, but prior to that, these people are leading amazing lives. And it's the same with book selling. Yes, a lot of bookstores went out of business. Yes, it's a very hard business to sustain economically when people say you do it for love there is a great amount of truth to that because the money isn't quite there but at the moment that love has been shown uh there's all these new bookstores opening smaller bookstores but in communities across across our country uh places that were known as book deserts you know just like food deserts you could mm. books weren't available there's small stores opening um BIPOC people dealing with their own communities' issues are offering up places where people can learn more about themselves and also gather. So to me, it's a terribly invigorating time to watch this. And of course, we want all of these new people, uh, young booksellers to be successful. Uh, book sales are up. I think COVID really helped in this way people having to spend time at home maybe having seen all the netflix they needed to i'm not sure but we saw a great resurgence there were online sales and people coming to our back door we were selling books out the back um in all kinds of subjects i mean just people wanting to learn more again that's the one thing that holds is people wanting to be taken out of their circumstances or whatever. Mm -hmm. And whether that's by learning something else or just the pleasure of, you know, a fabulous romance, people still will take the time 
to move, alter the reality just a little bit in these ways. Yeah, I, I know that uh, for me, uh, uh, the, the lockdown was very good for my reading and uh, <laughs> was one of the uh, one of the better uh, better parts of that that chapter, I guess. Um, Laura Sacalo, I wanted to uh, just turn to you for a minute to talk about how you might see reading uh, fitting in with uh, the work that you do as the managing editor, not not the reading that you do personally every day. We're all uh, reading a tremendous amount. But the idea of reading, how has that changed uh, over the 35 years, I think, you've been at the Union Tribune? Uh, um, So you've like watched technology change and reading habits change, both, uh, you know, from the industry, uh, uh, television news, obviously uh, a huge factor that has changed the way people have consumed information. And now in uh, the current era, social media, giant way that information is shared, uh, different really than the tradition of newspapers, right? Whether they're printed or digital, which is a different kind of reading format. So I don't know what your, your thoughts might be about all of that. Well, as you say, I, the the expanse of my career, you know, there have been lots of iterations of uh, readers and um, focus on reading over the course of my career. And as you mentioned, social media has had a tremendous uh, effect on what we do and in many ways, the way that we do it. I've also seen it over, you know, 15 years that I have been teaching. And one of the first things I do every semester is to ask my students how they consume news. And that's changed dramatically in the past decade. Um, And I think for us as a news organization, we have had to recognize that the way readers come to us and their expectations of us have changed, broadened. Um, There are some people who really prefer to get their news from social media. I would say the vast majority of students that I ask get their news from social media platforms in one way or another. The idea that they're going to sit down with a printed newspaper and read a long-form story is, you know, that's just not something that they're interested in, in doing for the most part. Our core readers, though, our subscribers, are very interested in reading long-form journalism. And uh, I would say those are the same people that are going to Allison's bookstore and, you know, reading books. Um, So part of the challenge for us is to meet people where they are. Our, Mm. Our role is to inform and empower and to build a better community. We have to recognize that that takes many different forms depending on the reader's interest and where they are consuming. And so we um, may approach stories differently or present them differently uh, 
on different platforms in order to make sure we're reaching as many people as as possible. But yeah, those I, core readers, you know, they're they're interested in um, our journalism in much the way that they have been for many years. Yeah, I mean, uh, this group of readers, uh, the data I saw said that, that about only about twenty percent of uh, a community is really uh, the sort of the reading group. So, so it is a minority. Um, yeah, I think your observations are. Uh, are, are accurate, although I think there are some important counter examples like, you know, to the idea that young young people aren't interested in long form written material. Uh, I can remember having this debate with uh, with Larry Nista, a very smart journalist that we used to have at the UT, uh, where he had written something that said, um, you know, our guidance is that uh, um, uh, very short and very visual material is uh, is the is the key to to uh, to communicating information going forward. And while he was writing that, you know, the biggest uh, the, the biggest phenomenon in literature was uh, Harry Potter, which were books of you know four, five, I think even six hundred pages uh, that were being consumed around the globe. Second only to the Bible, I think, at that point in terms of, uh, of, of what it was being read by young children, right? And it's not, that wasn't visual material. The movies have since been made, um, and it wasn't short material. And so I think, like you know, we just have to be careful about our assumption of uh, of uh, that what we're talking about here, the idea of. Uh, longer work or book length work is somehow dated because I'm not sure I'm 100% convinced. Well, um, I, I would clarify because yeah. I'm talking about them consuming news right. in a printed form, holding a newspaper, reading a 35, 50 inch story. That is, right. not, that is not the way they're typically going to consume it. The other thing I would point out when I ask students about their uh, reading habits is they are definitely book lovers and they Interesting. are, and they are not fans of reading on an iPad. They want a yeah. hard cover, a book to hold in their hand and pages to physically turn. And, you know, I've been asking this same question for 15 years that that is consistent wow. and um that gives me great hopes for that reader class because i think uh, you know i think it puts the lie to the idea that there is a decline in interest in reading in general i just yeah. i don't see that yeah very interesting and we'll get back to books in a second i i think this you know how people consume news uh is uh well-documented, right? And what you're talking about, of course, it is a very powerful trend. But I have this, you know, thought that there's a difference between reading social media, which is um, uh, often through reading, and reading like an article. And I, you know, I sort of see social media as more like the oral tradition of communicate. It's like through, through conversation, you're sharing information. And that's got all sorts of advantages and all sorts of disadvantages. 
And, you know, when I see like, you know, when we had a president who didn't read, he didn't want to read the briefing paper. Well, you know, listen, people have all sorts of different learning styles. Uh, I know I uh, uh, read a lot of uh, books through uh, through books on tape or, or, or audio books, dating myself. Um, but still, that 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 concerned me because I think, you know, we saw like in Trump, this mastery of the oral tradition and being able to use emotion and conversation to uh, to pass information in ways that I think is different, different than the literary tradition, which I think uh, um, uh, gets to the heart of some so some of what we're trying to deal with is uh, as a, a society right now. So um, anyway, I'm not I'm not sure there's a question in there. Maybe more just uh, a bit of a developing theory, which may or may not be true. Um, Allison, uh, tell me what you see uh, looking forward in the world of independent booksellers. What uh, what does the future look like to you? I think it looks very healthy, and that again is due to all the young people that we see in our store. Um, I, I take great delight in seeing the teenagers coming on their own, not being brought by their parents. I love that too. Um, but they come in their own, they're 15, 16, 17, and they're there with their friends. They spend an hour in the store and they discuss quite cruelly some of the books that they've read, what the good points were, what's this, what's that. But they're so involved with it and sharing the information with each other. Again, something you do solitarily on your own, but now you tell your friends about it. And we're in the Carmel Valley area. And it's just to me how many, I mean, it's every day there'll be like five or six groups of four teenagers, girls and boys. Mm-hmm. Because um, they're always talking about boys not being readers, etc. But they're they're out there, they're reading, and that's only one part. But we also have the solitary uh, young lad coming in and buying books that you know just they blow my socks off what they're reading. I mean, I don't comment because being an older person, that's just not right. But I'm just going, oh, good on you. Um, so I have great <laughs> hopes as far as uh, the idea of reading. The printed word um, shall continue. I mean, I'm going to say maybe 12, 15 years ago, everyone thought the printed book was going to go the way of the dodo with e-readers, but it's it's still strong and going strong. Publishing, as far as the book industry goes, that's always going to be exciting, you know, as people amalgamate and other, just like with bookstores, there's lots of small presses coming along, getting out important work. I mean, that's our job at bookstores because there's over, I think it's over a million books published a year, is to pick out, you know, and pick out what we think, oh, that looks good, that someone will be interested in that, so that when people come in the shop, they don't have to think so much and be so overwhelmed. Social media, I find to be overwhelming because how do you select? There's so much coming at you. Whereas, you know, picking out that book that you didn't know about, you know, is a joy in itself. It's an adventure. And obviously that's what happens in the Great Bartok Festival. You know, people come and they see books that they hadn't seen before. 
you know, the parents that are running with their children will stop and look and find books that, oh, I didn't know that existed. Or, and, you know, you're spreading the word, I guess. So okay. I have high hopes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Fantastic. So, uh, 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 Laura, I'll give you the, uh, the last word before we get a book recommendation from, from each of us. But um, tell me why, um, why the Union Tribune is, uh, uh, puts on this book festival. How does that have to do with the news business? Well, I think as we've been talking, this is a region full of very engaged readers and book lovers. Um, and to me, that that connects directly to our mission of informing and empowering the community. Yes, there's some self-interest there because we're dependent on readers, but I feel as though the, the book festival and what we're offering to the community is also really a reflection of not only our community as, as readers, but the broader San Diego community. And so I think it's both a, a public service. It gives people an opportunity to hear from authors and to participate go to panels, purchase books, have them signed by authors, talk to the authors, um, but also a way to help inform and to give people an opportunity to participate um, actively in books and learning about books. So. Okay, excellent. Well said. And Laura, do you have a uh, book you would recommend to our listeners? Oh, my gosh. Uh Many, many. I, I guess uh, for me, one of the most profound recently was I, I finally caught up with the 1619 project. And Nicole Hannah Jones is going to be uh, live streamed, one of the uh, panelists. So I would, I would encourage everyone to read that. That's fantastic, uh, Allison. Probably hard for you to pick because you're immersed in books. What just one good one that I might want to read? Oh my gosh, it really is because I'm reading ahead, you know, six months ahead as to what's coming out. I'm trying to think at the moment. You know, they're my children. I love them all. Um, probably, oh, the one that just popped into my head is not absolutely new. It's Say Nothing, a book about the Irish Troubles. I just thought it was such a well-told tale. And Patrick actually was one of the speakers with his more recent book at the festival. Um, Oh, and there again, there's a, a story that you think you might know, but it goes into such great depths and a great piece of reporting. There's <laughs> the journalism in it is wonderful. Yeah, fantastic. That's that that is super interesting. Yeah, I'm going to pick uh, uh, sort of an old war horse, but I think it's timely. War and Peace, which uh, uh, I read during the pandemic, uh, and uh, with what's going on uh, in Ukraine. It's a very interesting perspective uh, on uh, on Russia and uh, Central Europe. Uh, fascinating, uh, big investment of time, but uh, I, I I had never read it before. Certainly, uh, an amazing an amazing piece of work and really uh, really gripping. Uh, and with that, let's turn it back to Luis. Luis, what is your recommendation? Well, I think my recommendation this year is from uh, one of our featured authors at the Festival of Books. Uh, it's Illegally Yours. It's a memoir by Rafael Agustin. Uh, he is a comedy writer who uh, did not find out that he was undocumented until his 
he was a teenager. And it's really a, a funny and touching story of uh, what it means to be an American. So um, uh, I do recommend that. All right. Thank you so much, Jeff, Laura, and a thank you to Allison Reed, one of the owners of Diesel, a bookstore located in Del Mar Highlands Town Center. Don't worry if you weren't able to make it out to this year's Festival of Books. You can watch some of the author panel discussions at sdfestivalofbooks.com. That's sdfestivalofbooks.com. And of course, please support our independent bookstores. That does it for this special edition of San Diego News Fix. Don't forget to listen to San Diego News Fix with Christy Totten for an in-depth look at local stories making headlines throughout the week. You can find San Diego News Fix wherever you get your podcasts. For everyone at the San Diego Union Tribune, thank you very much for listening and for supporting local journalism. Have a great day, everybody.